Okay. I'm going to take us to a verse here in 2 Corinthians 6.14. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what have fellowship, or for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness. Where do we normally see this verse applied? Somebody raise your hand if you would. Tell me. Dating or marriage. And if you read 2 Corinthians 6, you're going to quickly discover marriage is not the context. <laughs> not at all. It's actually about, you know, more of our lifestyle and our friendships and these types of things. But it is, it is an appropriate application in this area, but it's not the direct context. I always think that should be, you know. So anyways... What's being used is, is actually an illustration that wouldn't so much be something that we would be used to, but in their time they definitely would with not unequally yoked together. So I don't know if everyone understands this picture, this type. So I've helped you here by supplying this. All right, here we go. So... This is a yoke of oxen, and the yoke is the big wooden thing that sits over their necks. And you can see that between them is this kind of plow. And you go, well, do they still do that? I, I, think, like, I think the Amish do. I think the two main applications for oxen in a yoke is the Amish and for stock photos like this one. I think that's the other one. <laughs> It's like a green screen with the lines right. in there. This is actually a husband and wife, and they're just in these costumes. Okay. They okay. They're influencers. It's okay. <laughs> Proverbs. Now you're gonna. I know one of the one of the difficulties about my lessons is it's hard to know when the joking is done and some real lesson appears. <laughs> just the easiest thing to know is the real lesson is the short part. Okay. <laughs> But today, when we're talking, I do want to actually talk about creating a better home environment. And I am actually going to reference the unequally yoked part. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But the reason I wanted to mention that that's not its actual context is because a lot of times people think it is. And by doing that, they miss a broader application of that truth. And that's the truth I want to look at today. The other thing I want to point out is the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 4, where no oxen are, the crib is clean. Now, again, these are terms that we don't typically use. You're going, how are they sticking an ox in a, you know, a crib, a baby's crib or something? But a crib for the oxen would have been like a stall that you had in the barn. Okay, That's where the ox would stay. Well, obviously, if the ox is in the stall, that's where he eats and also uses the restroom by and large. And so... If you don't clean out the crib, your livestock will get infections in their hooves and different things like that. So it's important to clean the crib. So what this is saying is uh, the cleaning out of the crib is a yucky task. So one of the yucky chores that people had when they owned livestock is often they would have to go into the barn, right? leave the oxen or the whatever livestock out and they have to get, you know, the snow shovel or whatever and go in there and clean out the crib. 
And that is a very undesirable task. Is anybody walk their dog and you have to, you got your little bags with you and stuff like that? Anybody like that? Okay. So I just leave it wherever. We've already talked about that in my family. Okay. So this was a really undesirable task to have, right? This is one of the worst chores you can have. But the Bible, so here's the proverb. The proverb is simply this, where, there, where, where no oxen are, the crib is clean. Hey, there's no chores. You don't have an oxen. You don't have to go in regularly and clean out the crib, right? But, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. If you own an ox, you can plow a field. You can do a lot. You can accomplish a lot. Now, I am not, please hear this. I am not likening any spouse to oxen. Please don't think that's where I'm going. That's not the moral of the story, okay? But there's a truth. There, the, the truth in this proverb is this, okay? Things can be easier when you don't have certain things in life. But some of those things that come with chores and difficulties actually bring a lot of increase and value into our lives. Children could be a good illustration of this, right? Where no children are, the house is clean. But much increase, well, no, no. <laughs> much increase in fulfillment, joy, life, purpose, all this by children. We could say something like this. Well, this applies to marriage as well. And, and the reason I bring this to marriage is because I feel like there is a, there are just some delusional, not factual concepts of marriage that are presented and live in our society. One is that Marriage is just this magical thing and, you know, there's never any difficulties or problems or obstacles and it's just, it's just so, and they just focus on the positives, the increases, if you will, of marriage. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to look at the positives, but you can't leave off reality that when you decided to get married, that introduced some extra work, if you will, chores. I mean, I hate to say chores, but just some difficulties in your life that wouldn't exist if you weren't married. Let me give you an illustration. If you weren't married, by and large, I mean, other than work, you can kind of do what you want. Your schedule is a little more open. You want to just go take a random road trip. You want to, right? How many of us, and it's funny, I, I forgot Single people pump up the single life. I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but it's just always like, oh yeah, we're always doing this, we're always doing that. I remember before I got married, I played a lot of basketball from age 12 to whenever I got married. And I played a lot of basketball, played at a lot of the rec centers and out on the open courts and just played a lot of basketball. And I remember thinking, when I get married, I'm not gonna become this different person because I kept seeing that from the single side of the fence. That people would get married, they stop hanging out with their single friends and all this other stuff. And I thought, I'm not going to be that guy. When I get married, I'm going to still play basketball. And my wife was totally cool with that. I just told, and it wasn't some, I didn't say, oh, I'm going to be playing basketball. You know, we, we just talked about it. And I said, you know, I've been playing for years and I love basketball. And absolutely, she said, yeah, no problem. Yeah. So I can't remember. I think we've been married for like two or three months, something like that. And, uh, Friends call me up and, hey, we're going to go down, we're going to this court, we're going to play. And I'm like, man, I'm in, let's go, you know, grab my shoes and everything, head down there. 
I think it was the first or the second game. I don't remember. And it's like, I looked at basketball just completely differently. I'm like, why am I out here with a bunch of sweaty, smelly guys? I got my beautiful wife at home. I, basketball just lost its savor for me. I'm like, why am I here? Right? I know why you're here. You're not married. But like, I got a beautiful wife at home, and I'm sitting here with you smelly guys. And if I remember correctly, I actually just left the game. If I remember correctly, I just like walked off the court. I just don't want to be here anymore. Some people feel like, oh man, I'm married. I can't do all the things I could. Well, it's true. My schedule is not as free as it was, but I'm not willing to trade that increase. I'm not willing to give up what I've gained in marriage just so I can have a couple of freedoms, if you will, right? And, and sometimes we need to realize that, that that's how marriage is much more how we, we should view it. That, hey, yes, you are right. You're not, you're not thinking evil of your marriage just because you realize if you weren't married, you wouldn't have to check in with another person or do this or do whatever thing comes along or kids, you got to clean up after them or this, that, and the other. But, hey, don't forget the increase that comes from that. And one of the things that I think is really our society is hurting is to them, marriage is cohabitating. And if that's all marriage is, then they are right. The world is right. If all marriage is is cohabitating, then the world is right. It doesn't make sense to get married. Marriage, and this is why I like the illustration of the oxen. Why would you own an ox? Because you need to accomplish something. You want to plow a field. You want to do this. You want to do that. If you want to build a greater life together, if you want to build a family, there is no greater institution than the one God created in marriage. Marriage is all about... If you bought an ox just so you could own an ox, think about this, that's it. So you had to clean the crib out and all this other stuff and feed the ox and take care of the ox, but you never did anything with it. It just, just so you could say, yeah, I own an ox. Then yes, it makes no sense to own an ox versus not owning the ox, right? Non-ox owners would look at the ox owners like they're idiots and be like, why? All you do, you got to clean out the crib. It's just a bunch of work. Listen, that is how unmarried people look at married people a lot of times. It's just a bunch of work. Why would we want that? Big wedding, all this drama. I don't need that drama. And what happens if it doesn't work out? You're all upset. That's this big thing. But what we failed to do as a society, not this group, is help people to understand the purpose of marriage is not just to cohabitate, it's to build a life together specifically, and that requires commitment, that requires the institution of marriage that God created. That's what God designed. If me and my wife are still cohabitating, we're not any closer to each other, we haven't grown, we haven't built anything together, then yeah, why have we been married for so long? But in marriage, building family, building life together, and that's, and that's where a lot of people struggle, and that's where good home life begins to develop when we understand, hey, there is some extra responsibility in home life, but that's okay. I accept that. I'm not, I'm not resentful of it. I'm not angry at it because there's a lot of increase in my, I can also see the benefits that come with being married. Does that make sense? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. And I think sometimes if we, have, we need that balance because there's some days all you can see is the cleaning of the crib. And we're all kind of frustrated with it because that's all we can see. And we forget, hey, there's a lot of increase, but we also don't want to live in a delusional world of, Everything should be wonderful always. And if it's not, you know, who, who destroyed my fairy tale? But that's not reality either. We need to be able to see the balance of both within this. Are you with me? Yes. Okay. So 
I want to move forward and talk about, and, and you go, how does this have to, what does this have to do with building a better home life? And just, just stay with me, okay? This won't take too long. But this is, honestly, this is where couples really, really struggle. I'm headed to a point that is a very common point of distress for couples. So here is, here's our biblical illustration about being unequally yoked. What are they even talking about? Okay, let's say we take this, I believe this is an ox. If it's not, or it's some very specific breed or something you want to correct me on later, don't. <laughs> let's take this oxen out of the picture and put a house cat. Or a dog. Or a sheep. Yes. Or even a horse. What's gonna, because if you're plowing, here's a really simple concept in plowing. When you plow, guess what you want? A straight line. It's hard to plant crops like this. So if you have two animals that are the, roughly the same strength, the same size, the same height, their legs, so they're going at the same speed, you're gonna get a straight line. Plowing is gonna be easy. Because as they each take steps, they're in stride with each other. But if you unequally yoke animals together, different heights, different strengths, different speeds, it's almost impossible for them to plow in a straight line. It's going to start to turn because the one is weaker than the other. The one could be shorter than the other, so they're not going at the same speed. It creates these difficulties. It creates, they cannot walk together. They can't move together. You're not getting the same accomplishment that you need with being unequally yoked. Well, here's the thing. When we got married, we got married and inevitably, now maybe this is all one-sided in your marriage, but I, I, I've not seen many marriages like that. Very uncommon for this to be the case. But when you got married, you got married and you have not only differences and opinions and personalities and stuff, but you have differences in skills. Typically, not always, typically one person is a better financial manager than the other one is. And it's not gender specific, I find. Some people are just better with numbers and money and the concepts work really well. You, I have met couples, both of them are awful with money. And so they equally yoke together in debate, right? <laughs> uh, but typically you're going to find one's better at that. A lot of times you're going to find one is more naturally gifted in parenting, has more insights. Maybe it's the way they grew up. Maybe it's God given gifts, whatever it is. I'm, it, and these are, it's not because somebody is dumb or stupid or deficiencies, but we have these different areas. And because there's these differences, when we start to try to work together in some of these areas of our lives, we find instead of just things going smoothly, moving ahead, we find, okay, let's start to do this. Hey, why are you not? What? What? And the, a lot of times the person who is stronger or more proficient at certain areas, they don't realize that they are. They feel like I'm baseline doing what a person's supposed to do in this area, and my spouse just isn't paying attention. My spouse just isn't trying. They just really don't care. And now all of a sudden, there's contention because the one spouse is like, 
I'm doing my best. But then the other spouse is like, well, if you're doing your best, you would be doing this baseline amount. And you have to stop and realize, okay, hold up. It's not that one is superior or inferior. We're not equally yoked in this area. Because here's the concept. When you realize that, it's just how you, it's perception. And that's why I bring this illustration because it's so vivid. When you realize, hey, my spouse is not as strong or as fast or as whatever in this area that I am, then you realize I should help take the lead in this area or I should help support in this area. I'm better at this than they are. The goal, now what's the goal? Together. And I disagree with, well, man, you know, he's no good at finances or she's no good at finances, so we have separate bank accounts. And, and this may be you, and I'm not trying to, <clears throat> and we're going to stake our ground here. Just be really cautious if one of the, the spouses has an allowance. It, it sounds very condescending. Now, you, you may say, we have decided to budget so much spending money for each other or whatever. Be cautious with that. It does sound very condescending. And I had, I had, and this is, I feel like this is a previous generation thing in my opinion, but I had an older lady talking to me the other day and she's like, well, I don't, I, that's all, I don't have any more allowance than that. I'm like, oh, wow, that, that's rough. You're 60 something. That sounds really rough. Well, see, we don't want to denote inferiority with our spouse. We want to strengthen them. As we've talked about this before. And this, you were talking about creating a better home environment. If one spouse feels like the other spouse just doesn't listen, just doesn't care, isn't trying, is dumping the load on you, lots of contention, lots of hard conversations occur. But when one can realize, hey, God's helped me to be stronger in this area, it's not that I'm a superior human being to all others, especially my spouse, but God strengthened me in this area, this is what I contribute to our family unit, the home, then I'm going to make sure I'm a support to my spouse and help them. And it might be you're more organized. It might be that you're more cleanly, right? It's not about shaming. And that's what happens. We get into this kind of shaming of our spouse. Ladies can do this unintentionally a lot of times because not all women everywhere, but most women deal with the voice in their head. And the voice in their head represents the ideal woman. The ideal woman would be raising her kids like this. Her home would look like this. She would be this kind of wife. She would do... And, and, right, and everything's off the ideal woman, and that's where a lot of the, uh, the popularity with the influencers comes into play because, like, wow, how are these women able to do all these things? Because it's a lie. You can't see the real life. Even though they spend thousands of dollars trying to make it look like you're looking at their real life. No real life has a bunch of cameras and lighting and people, okay? Anyways, right. so, but if you enjoy it, do it. I'm not cruising. So there's this kind of ideal voice, and men don't realize this. Women respond to that. So let me give you an example. This is a classic scenario. The ideal voice in the poor lady's head is saying, hey, it's getting close to bedtime. We've got to get the kids' lunches packed and get them ready for school. And this has to be cleaned up. And I've got to get this ready for tomorrow and all the other things. Well, guys, we're, we, we are more single-track human beings. This is, this is not guaranteed for everyone. You may find in your relationship it's backwards or, or, or swapped. But so, uh, guys, when we're done, we're done. How many guys know exactly what I'm talking about? It's like I can work like the old oxen all day long, but someone, I'm done. I'm done. And yesterday I was work, got up, was working through the morning, went to the men's thing, did this, did this, went home, was cleaning the house and everything. And then I was like, man, I'm going to sit on the couch. Like I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm tired, you know? And which my wife loves that. And anyways, <laughs> women don't do that. 
Women do not do that because they have this voice in their head saying, you can't sit down. You can't. And that's why you're going to notice, and this is something that's really important to understand about your spouse. By and large, and if you're the exception, you don't have to come tell me. I don't mind if you do. <laughs> but by and large, men are better at, and I'm not saying hygiene per se, but men are better at self-care than women are. Right? If I'm thirsty, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and go get something to drink. Women can forget to pee. It's true because they're busy going, they've got a voice. Hey, got to get this done, got to get that done, got to get this done, got to do all these things. And men, we have to be careful because we can really sound condescending to our wives and go, well, you just want to do all that stuff. And you don't realize it's kind of this inner pressure that's pushing them. That's a real thing. Well, you, just, you don't want to come to bed. You get these horribly heated situations because one spouse feels like, hey, I'm being tortured by this voice. You don't even seem to care at all. And the other one's like, hey, I want to spend time together, but you want to do your things. And it's just, we're not, we're not equal. We don't realize what's going on. And, and men, if we start to realize, okay, I didn't realize you're being tortured by voices. What can I do to help take some of these voices down, right? Well, if we could just do this, this together, then we could go, both go to bed. I promise this could be a win-win. I promise it could be a win-win, okay? We got to work together in these areas. And, and, and when we don't, and this is important, when we don't understand each other's differences and what's happening, the tension starts to arise because one person feels like they're carrying the weight. The other person feels like they're being drugged behind. Right? My wife forever thought that my wife does not think highly of herself. She, she's not down on herself. She has a, a balance. But she never felt like she was smarter than anybody else. She never thought any of those things. And I keep, I've been trying to tell her for years, I am like the rest of the world. You are above. You are, you know. And we'd have these conversations and she's like, you know, you're just not paying attention. It's like, I am paying attention. But you are Right, your memory and everything, because my wife can just quote conversations. Does anybody who can verbatim, word for word, conversations? Raise your hand. You just remember them all. See, there's I don't I don't know if it's a gift. I'm not sure what I would call it at this point in my life, but yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> depends how it's used. Depends how it's used. But actually, you know, that used to be a point of just kind of veer into my relationship. That used to be a real problem in our marriage until we just figured it out. It's a real blessing. Because now I lean on her strength. And I'll say, honey, we were having a conversation. And what did we say about this? I know she knows. And there are areas where my wife will say, I, I'm, better, I'm good with numbers and different areas like this. My wife will say, hey, honey, can you come here and help me? My wife is one of these people who she has to consider all views of things before she can make a decision. Right? Like if she, just to illustrate, if she goes to the store and she's going to buy a bag of chips. She has to look at every available chip option Consider their calories, their price, their nutritional value, what she prefers. All of this stuff has to be factored in before she will buy a bag of chips. That's, that way she knows when she buys the bag of chips, I bought the right bag of chips. She knows I bought the right one because I considered everything available. In my world, right <laughs> is measured by what will make me happy, which is obviously the true standard. Guys, <laughs> guys you with me on that? So when I walk into the chip aisle, it's like, yeah, <laughs> right. I don't have to stop. I don't care if anything else is there. If this will make me happy, I don't need everything else. Decision made instantly. I'm the reason they put stuff on the aisle caps. Because I walk in, I'm like, whoa, this is cheaper because they have the price 10 times bigger on a sign. It's like, that's 50 cents more than last week. I don't know it. You know what? So my wife will be getting frustrated making a decision. Right now, earlier in our marriage, 
this was this we didn't understand this about each other and it caused contention. But now that we're older, now my wife's stressing over some decision that she feels small, which makes her feel stupid inside. And she'll say, honey, would you please come here and help me? I'm like, sure. I got this, this, this. What do you think? Do that. Okay. It's my gift. (laughs) (laughs) And this is something, and this is really where this lesson comes from. This is really where this lesson comes from. Until you understand your differences, you can't really help each other. You can't really walk together. It's so true. And we, we should not, listen, we should not be in the business of shaming our spouses for differences. We should be in the business of strengthening our spouses and helping them in them. And I want to say this. This is one area, and I, I referenced the wife, the, the wife you know, trying to get everything ready before bed. If you have, and this is not every woman. This is not every woman. It doesn't need to be. God makes this all differently, gives us different gifts. Same Holy Spirit, different gifts. Same God creator, different people. That's the way it's supposed to be. But if you have a spouse, male or female, who is super meticulous, super organized. This was, and I, I, this is from my heart because this happened in my marriage. My wife is one of the most together human beings I had ever met. The only way God slowed her down is with her health. Outside of that, I think, I think she might have married somebody else. Anyways, uh, uh, so, but my wife, I get married and... I was not the most together human being. I know that may feel <laughs> odd to you, but I'm, I'm Dan is what I was. And so I get married and my wife is, everything is together and all these things. And one day I told my wife kind of half jokingly, half seriously, this hurt her feelings big time. And I didn't even know how. Uh, I said, Man, I fear the day you wake up and realize you don't need me. Now, that really bothered her, which I didn't understand why, because it felt like a compliment to me that, hey, you are so together. I'm just more your sidekick. And you kind of, as, as spouses, we can feel that way. If you're married to somebody who has a really clear strength in one area, we can feel like I really don't contribute anything. And I think that's where we kind of get into allowances and stuff sometimes if we're not careful. And, but what I realized, if my wife was left to herself with her ability, she would stress herself out. Some of you know what I'm talking about. She would work herself to death and she would stress herself out with anxiety. So here's a person I go, well, you don't need anything because you're so together. I'm so disarrayed. I'm so random. I'm so spontaneous, more so at the time. But in reality, that's what drew her to me. She's so organized, she needed somebody to come and say, hey, let's put this aside. And not minimizing what's important to her, but let's put this aside and have some fun. Or what are you doing? You stressing about this? This bag of chips right here. Let's go. Right? And again, not mocking her strengths or her anxieties or whatever, but offering that support. And sometimes you may not realize your chaos, if you will, for lack of a better term, can actually be what your spouse needs if applied correctly. If applied correctly. And sometimes it feels like my spouse, they just don't care about anything. They never stress about anything. 
you know what? You're likely the kind of person who needs somebody who's a low-stress human being because you carry enough for both. And that's not mocking. It's true. It's really true. And so sometimes we don't realize some of my great strengths and things for my spouse is to help them to just laugh. You know what I mean? And this is, now listen, this is because I'm, I'm coming up time here. This helps to create a better home environment. When you, one, instead of feeling like any differences we have should instantly lead us into arguments, because that's how it feels early in marriage sometimes. The differences are what's causing the problems. But you have to discover, you gotta take the time to discover and discern the differences so that you can start to support each other. And if you want to outline, divide up the load. So that you can start to say, hey, my spouse is super organized. And they really always want to make the perfect decision. I'm going to do my best not to tell them what to do, not to belittle their priorities, because you can easily do that. But I'm going to come in and help them. Hey, let me make this decision for you. Right? Let me do this. And a lot of times the, the more stressed out spouse is always going to return to the chill spouse and be like, this is happening, that's happening, this is happening. And they need to vent, they need to think through things, they need all these things. And that's where they're, sometimes we're a sounding board. And that's why as husbands, we have to be careful because anytime a wife, or not anytime, but most of the time a wife comes and talks to us as husbands, we have two major questions subconsciously running through our minds. What's the purpose of this conversation? What problem am I solving? Well, sometimes the, pro- the purpose is to allow your spouse to sort out verbally the voices that are in her head, right? And sometimes there really isn't a solution needed but to just verbalize. Well, as men, honestly, some people make it sound like, well, if men are solving a problem, they don't want to listen. That's not true. We just wanted to know the purpose of what we're trying to accomplish when we listen. And if, if your spouse is one who needs a lot of words to communicate, then you're going to need to communicate to your spouse when something is really important to you versus I'm just talking to talk. That's really important. And anytime my wife says, hey, something I want to mention to you that's really important. Remember we talked about those phrases, those catchphrases? We have a couple of them. One is, this is really important to me. That means stop everything you're doing, put your phone down, but just give me your full attention. Treat this with the importance that lives in my heart. That's what we're saying. This is super important to me. And then the other one, I'll talk, no, I'm going to give you that next one next week, actually. I'll make it in the next week. Okay. Thank you for being here. I hope that, again, this week, and I'm sorry to use livestock. This will be one of the last times I use livestock to talk about American people. But there's just, it's a biblical illustration, and it's an awesome illustration that the Bible asks, I think it's in the prophet Amos, how can two walk together except they be agreed? And, and what's happening in a lot of marriages is we get these differences, and we don't know quite how to deal with them. And they just become super contentious and hurtful. And then all of a sudden we don't want to talk about our differences when in reality those differences are essential to supporting each other correctly. And so we don't want to resist them or hide from them. We want to delve in and say, oh, okay, hey, I need to do this. I need, this is what I'm going to do to help support my spouse. There you go. You're dismissed. Have an awesome day, everybody. Thanks for being in class.